this morning just know that we've got an awesome God. Please stay standing. Please stay standing. I'm sorry. No, we want you guys to join us right now. This is not a show, <laughs> but we want you to just be blessed. Please join in worship with us. I just want you this morning to just right now, let this song minister to your heart. Whatever you've been going through, whatever problems you've been facing, whatever struggles in life you've been going through, that God is our restorer. Jesus is our restorer. He came and died for us so that we could be free, set free, delivered, made whole. So this morning, we just want to honor him and worship him right now. So join with us as we do this this morning. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Bring restoration. Bring restoration. Bring restoration to my soul. Restoration, you bring restoration, you bring restoration to my soul, taking my pain, call me by a new name. Taking my shame in its place, you give me joy. Taking my pain, call me by a new name. Taking my shame in its place. You take my weeping and turn it into laughing You take my mourning and turn it into dancing You take my sadness and turn it into joy You take my mourning and turn it into dancing You take my weeping and turn it into laughing You take my mourning Turn it into dancing. You take my sadness, turn it into joy. my pain. Call me by a new name. Taking my shame in its place. You give me joy. Taking my pain. By a new name, taking my shame and its place, you give me joy. You give me joy. You turn my morning, turn it into dancing. You take my weeping, turn it into laughing. You give me joy. You take my morning, turn it into you take my sadness, turn it into joy. You take my morning, turn it into dancing. You take my 
not in a state of captivity that is not in a state of being controlled by the enemy it's not a state of being living a life of depression of woe and, and woe and gloom but it's a life that is free through Christ our life just breathe in life and allow praise to come up from within you just tell Jesus how much you love him tell the Father how much you we reverence you, mighty God, in this place. We decree according to your word that there is absolutely nothing that can stand in the presence of your glory. That's not of you. We submit to the Prince of Peace. We submit all of our situation to the God of all comfort, who comforts us. We submit to the love and the mercy of God and we do not submit to the condemnation and the accusation of the enemy even right now in the presence of the Lord we do not submit to the voices that many times arise in our head that condemn and shame us but right now we submit to the voice of our bride Jesus Christ we submit to the bridegroom Jesus we submit to his presence we submit to the Savior and our King Jesus Christ we submit to your voice calling us the beloved and accepted renewed born again we praise you in the beauty of your holiness the reverence of your presence we praise you my precious Father in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name would you give these young ladies a hand for their worship this morning? Yeah. 
God bless you. That was beautiful, amen. And for all the flag girls, these little precious girls, praise God for them. And let's give Jesus a hand. Let's praise him. Let's praise Jesus. Hallelujah to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Would you turn to somebody next to you, hug their neck, shake their hands, welcome them. Make them feel welcome this morning. Tell them, I'm so glad you're here. I bless you and I welcome you in the name of Jesus. We welcome you today. The beauty of His holiness, restoration of Jesus. Hallelujah. We welcome you this morning. We bless you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Deanna, are you here? Wave at me, Deanna. There you are. For you, babe. That was for you, girl, for your back, for the healing of your back. Amen. Let your daughter, your own daughter, minister to you. Hallelujah. James, that was for you, buddy. That was for each and every one of us here this morning. Brand new in Jesus Christ. Man, we got a reason to celebrate. Hallelujah. You don't go by them old names. You've got a new name. Hallelujah. We welcome you. We're so glad to have you. Sherry, tell them we're so honored. Sister Sherry, just tell them we're honored to have you today. Hallelujah. We bless you. God bless you. Oh, like that. Okay. Hallelujah. Okay. Okay. Hallelujah. God bless you. Do we have any Spanish people here this morning? Dios le bendiga. Do we have any Mayans? Dios kukiki tantech. And if you're from anywhere else, I do not know. I know those three things. Hallelujah. But we bless you and we welcome you in Jesus' name. Do you know what, how awesome, God bless you, good to have you today. You know how awesome heaven's going to be? All the languages and tribes and nations bowed before Christ. It's going to have all of our buddies back here today. Glory to God, we're glad to have all you guys. God bless you. Amen. Some warriors. Hallelujah, we're glad to have you. Glad to have each and every one of you. The Lord bless you today. Amen. I want to share something with you out of the book of Malachi. Who is visiting us here for the first time? Anyone for the first time? God bless you. Good to have y'all. Right here, right here, over here. Good. We got some buddies over there. Thank you, girl. Over there. Anybody else over here? There. Oh, yeah, your sister. Good to have you. Good to see you again. Anyone else? Over there. God bless you, sir. Good to have you. Hallelujah. Let's give all of our visitors a welcome. Let's thank God for them. Hallelujah. So good to have you. So good to have you. We bless you. I want to read something to you out of the book of Malachi, chapter 3, verse 16. Malachi, chapter 3, verse 16. I'm going to be reading on the Amplified Bible. Now, the Amplified Bible takes a number of words from the Greek, and they give you more than one word. It's a wordy Bible, so a lot of preachers call it the woman's Bible. 
but it is the Bible. Forgive me, ladies, because the guys can be just as wordy. Just the ladies many times use the best words. Okay, ladies, y'all love me? Okay, praise God. Listen to this scripture. This is so profound. Malachi 3.16, the Amplified. Then those who feared the Lord talked often one to another. They, they connected. They stayed together one to another. Those who feared the Lord. Look what it goes on to say. And the Lord listened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him of those who reverenced and worshipfully feared the Lord and who thought, thought on his name. Now that, that is awesome. That is something to think about. We think so many times, oh, there's a book of remembrance of my sins and all that. And that's under the blood of Jesus. It's telling us here, there's a book of remembrance written before the Lord when we speak to another about the Lord and even our thoughts about the Lord. He loves love letters. He wrote us one. He loves when we think these thoughts about Him. And so I want you to be awake and attentive that when you think about the Lord, there's an angel writing your thoughts down for God. When you talk about the Lord one to another, there's an angel of the Lord writing that down. I have folders in my office where children give me letters and things that they color and adults give me letters and stuff and I keep them I mean I got tons and tons of places where I keep all these letters because when I start feeling like down or something I go back and I start rereading them and I say listen here thoughts this is what you got to think about you're not a failure you're an overcomer you're a winner you're not hated you're loved you're not despised you're a sector and I go and I reread them and the father he reads them and he rereads your thoughts and my thoughts but that's why the devil wants to make us compromise in our thoughts and our words. That the angel stops writing. And the father says, why did you stop writing? You don't want to hear what they're thinking. You don't want to hear what they're saying. It would not edify and glorify you. And we want to keep the hand of the angels to where they are so busy writing down. He wants to, us to compromise why. I'll give you a few scriptures. Proverbs 10.3 says, the Lord will not allow the uncompromisingly righteous to famish. When you don't compromise and you continue in the way of God, His way, He says, I'm not going to allow you to go down when others are going down. He goes on to say also in Psalms 37, 25, I have been young and now old, but I've never seen the uncompromisingly righteous forsaken nor their seed begging for brain, bread uncompromisingly. Proverbs 10, 6. Blessings are upon the head of the uncompromisingly righteous. Blessings. I will not compromise. I will continue to speak what edifies and what builds. And then Psalms 34, 19 says, Many evils confront the consistently righteous. But the Lord, get ready, the Lord delivers them out of how many? Out of them all. Hallelujah. And then Psalms 37, 39. But the salvation of the consistently righteous is in the Lord. And He is their refuge at a secure stronghold in the time of trouble. So even when you're going through it, stay consistent. Stay faithful. Don't compromise your beliefs and don't compromise your stand. And the Lord says that when you stand, having done all to stand, even when you feel like throwing up your hands and just giving up, He says, I'm going to come through for you and I'm going to be your refuge and I'm going to be your fortress and I'm going to be your, I'm going to be your hero. Amen. So how many believe we've got a hero in Jesus Christ? Amen. He's a restorer He's a rescuer. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. So we want us just come forward. We're going to receive tomorrow's.
This morning's offerings and tithes. Once again, I want to appreciate all the guys who are parking in the grassy area and all that. Thank you so much for parking your trucks there, giving more room for cars. Many people I saw this morning was parking over here, leaving the center space open. We're getting ready to add to our handicap to give more room, more availability for you to be able to uh, more easily access the building. And uh, we just appreciate those parking in the parking lot in the back and all that you're doing to help us serve. Coming sit up front, sitting closer together, putting on deodorant so we can stand you. And, and we appreciate you this morning. We love you. We bless you. God's doing great things. It's because God's doing great things in you. So we love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. I cry freedom from the chains that bind your children. Freedom from the chains that bind our praise to you. Freedom from the lies. The enemy I cry freedom from the chains That bind your children Freedom from the chains That bind our praise to you Freedom from the lies Of the enemy Freedom, 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. How many believe for total freedom? Amen. We're so glad you're here this morning as we continue in the area of anger. How many ever felt like that? Your roots are showing. Huh? I got that because mine was showing this week. So, you know, I learned from my wife that when they show, you got to cover. But how many know there are some things that just don't cover? Well, thank you, brother. Man. Oh, bless you, man. Appreciate the worship team. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God for what God's done in Brother Daryl's son's life. I want to talk to you today about an area of anger. We've been in the message of search and destroy, trying to get our lives out of unconditional surrender to freedom and to blessing in the Lord. And we talked on forgiveness for a number of weeks, and now we're working the area of anger. And so there's a video clip I want to show you. How many of you ever played the game Angry Birds? Anybody play the game Angry Birds? It was amazing. We were at a restaurant Friday uh, eating sandwiches with this couple. And the kid next to us, there was this boy who was playing Angry Birds. And I heard this couple we were with to go to church here. They said, that's Angry Birds. And I said, y'all know about Angry Birds? And they said, yeah, we know about Angry Birds. And I said, you won't believe Sunday that that's been my plan to show something about that. And there's a point I want to make. So if you haven't seen it and you're wondering, what are we doing with a cartoon? There's 6.8 million people in America playing this game and is in the top of the most addictive games on iPad, on uh, uh, Apple phone, and all this other stuff is one of the most addictive games. So I want you to see something. We're going to make a point out of this. Hey, Saturday morning. going to go home and play Angry Birds. But, you know, I saw that. I heard about it. So I looked it up and I saw that and I thought, you know, that goes so good because we get angry at such little things and the things that are most important end up being robbed while those little things get our attention. You notice they really took it out on the mosquito, which couldn't really hurt the eggs, but the eggs was the most precious thing to them. And how many know you can just explode and not only do your roots show, but how many ever had a mushroom atomic bomb show above their head? Huh? 
Uh, okay, a few honest people here today. Okay, one. God bless you. There's more than that because I've seen a few mushrooms above your heads once in a while. You thought it was a halo. So pe- many people thought they're so spiritual. Let me fix your halo. That's a mushroom, dude. Those people, you know, that, that, those people ain't got no halos. They're exploding on the inside. They got a smile on their face, but they done said some words you wouldn't want to hear over again. So, I mean, what some people are calling halos, I think it may be a mushroom. But anyway, we want to get rid of them mushrooms and we want to deal with those things, but uh, and, and I'm going to try to go slow because interpreters, y'all pray for Sister Sherry, interpreters do not like to interpret for me because for one, they don't understand half of what I say in English, and the other is I speak real fast, but we just, uh, I just wanted to show you this clip because it shows you how dangerous, now this is the thing about the game, and this is one I want to share with you about, you know, Graceland Chevalier made these for me for my birthday, and I don't throw nothing away. You asked my wife, and I had this on my dress, and I thought it was so cute. And I thought this reminded me of Angry Birds. Where's Shannon? Shannon, are you here? Shannon and David? Yeah, okay. Tell, tell your daughter we got her little things on the Internet. Anyway, Shannon and, and her daughter, Graceland, made these. And I thought about uh, Angry Birds because this is the thing. When you watch the game, they have to go against the fortress of the pigs because they want to get the pigs back. And when they hit the fortress, feathers fly. And so what happens is they end up hitting, and I'm not going to tear the feathers apart. There is one that's loose. But they end up tearing themselves up trying to get revenge. When you watch the game, the feathers fly. Now, they knocked down a wall, but they lost some feathers while they were doing it. And there's sometimes we want to get revenge. I'll get up here. Y'all get to watch the Angry Birds here. Because Angry Birds has another example just like Roots do in just a minute. But so many times we end up thinking, boy, I'm getting them back. Boy, this is going to feel so good when I see revenge. When I see something bad happen to them, I'm going to finally be happy. And how many of you know it doesn't work that way according to the Word of God? Something so small is trying to distract us so that we can go, af- so we can go after the small things and the big things are what's going to destroy our life or even our children's life. I want to share something with you today. Not only are our roots showing... But I want you to see in this picture, it came out kind of dark right now, but the top part is a human body, but it turns into the roots of a tree. It's not only the roots of the head that we started out showing, but it's the roots of our foundation that shows. And I want you to see that you would stay clear of something that would say poison. And I want to share something with you as an example with this today. Many years ago, we had one of our family members, along with two, three other children that were ages three to five that, that, that were uh, abused by a 13-year-old boy. And uh, you get angry. And you see this three-year-old girl has to go through counseling. And then there was an investigation, and I was asked to sit in with the detective for our family member. And as I sat there, and this five-year-old child had to give its testimony of what this boy was doing to the different children. I can't say I felt love for that child that abused our family person and others. And as they talked about the forced rape and the other things, and this little three-year-old girl had to get psychiatric help 
sip by sip, I was taking in the poison. And as the detective was recording this child, this family member, the detective looked like he was about to break and he would look me in the eyes and I would look at him and we would look at this child that was expressing and trying to express what exactly happened. And the mother was downstairs while these things were happening and you think about the mother. Why wasn't she watching this child? Why didn't she know what was going on? She said, don't worry about the children. And you think of these things. And you drink the poison. And it just goes through your body and your roots start absorbing. And the fruit starts showing. And the thing about poison is that not only do I drink it, but I hand it over to my wife, hand it over to the grandmother, the mother-in-law, and other family members. And it says not only do we become defiled, but many others become defiled because of the poison. And we cannot afford to die in the feelings of being victimized, even though it hurts so much and even though it's personal. A lot of times, you know, you think, well, you know, the brother Russell and sister Cindy, you know, they haven't gone through things we've gone through. We've gone through a lot of things that we can't even tell because this is a wicked, hard, and cruel world. There are things we've gone through, and it's up to us to drink the poison, to give it to my wife, to give it to others, or to put a lid on it and go on and say, Father, I need you to cleanse me of the poison of the hate and the anger and the bitterness and the desire of the revenge that I feel. We're not supposed to hate, but how many of you know, sometimes it's hard not to. I want you to see the scripture here in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 and 15. It says, strive. You're going to see Paul uses this word. Let me share something with you. That word strive, and you're going to see in a little bit the word work. It's a total workout and exercise to get to the place where we can get free from anger and unforgiveness. It's a workout. And most of us in the natural, a lot of us, how many know, most people don't like to exercise. Don't look around, but how many know, nobody likes to really exercise. But once you start, you start enjoying it, and then you get addicted to it. But when you start exercising, it hurts. When you start to get to the point where you find out, I really have to forgive, it hurts. You're allowing the Holy Spirit to go somewhere deep that you haven't allowed him before. And you start allowing the word of God to go where you've never went before. And it says strive. It's a workout. Injustice was done to me. Workout. Strive to live in peace with everybody and pursue that consecration and, ho- and, pursue that consecration and holiness without which no one will never see the Lord. Exercise foresight. And be on watch to look after one another to see that no one falls back from the, and fails to secure God's grace, his unmerited favor and spiritual blessing. Someone fails to receive it. In order 
that no root, say with me, no root, no root of resentment, rancor, bitterness, or hatred shoots forth and causes trouble and bitter torment, and many become, many become contaminated and defiled by it. If I take the poison, my family's going to end up being contaminated if I stay hooked on the poison of anger and unforgiveness. If my dad was angry, it's most likely, even though I hated it, I would become angry. If my family was unforgiving, it's most likely I would become unforgiving. And there are some injustices. Mom's sitting right here, and I didn't know she was going to be here this morning, but many times you say, well, you know, some people haven't gone through what I've gone through. I remember when my brother-in-law was murdered, stabbed to death 44 times over, over three, four years ago. Six years now, six years. And every time the detective and different ones would call from up north and they would speak to me for me to know what to exactly tell the family and the family were waiting to hear all the news after the devastation. There was days that you can drink bottles of poison. That it wasn't right. There was no reason. Even the police were angry. There was no reason for him to be murdered like that. And as they go through the details and stuff that I won't go into. But yet I saw them pull together as a family on forgiving this young man. And even at the court and even seeing pictures that they weren't supposed to see and seeing his clothes that he had on when he was murdered. Yet their heart of compassion went out when this judge went ahead and let the mother and father hug their son. Because it's like my mother-in-law said, I didn't only lose a son, but she lost a son. It's so easy to get angry and bitter at the world. Never did I hear my mother-in-law blame God. I did not hear a bitter word out of their mouth. Pain, trauma, grief, yes. Still, yes. But they worked on it. But not only, and I'll just be real with you, not only was it the drink of poison during that ordeal, it was the phone calls of Christians who said they had discernment. And said, Russell, I'm calling you because you need to tell your wife she needs to forgive that man. And I found myself more angry at that brother than I did at the murderer. Because they, they didn't know, hadn't seen my wife for years. They didn't know my wife had forgiven in her heart and was working on her pain. Why call and try to throw salt on the wound? Why not just call and say, we love y'all. We're praying for you. We're supporting you. Another chance to drink the poison. And who remains the living victim? We do. It says strive. That order that no root of resentment. And that word foresight means to predict what will happen in the future and what is needed to change the future. Exercise foresight. If you know you're going to be heading into an area of anger and rage, use foresight to stay away from engaging into that and allowing that your roots to tap into that and to destroy you. Use foresight in situation to the best that you can. And I looked up that word rancor. How many Star Wars fans do we have here today? Yeah, okay. 
Believe it or not, how many remember Star Wars number six, Return of the Jedi? That was the favorite. That was my favorite. How many of you remember the big beast in the arena with the three horns? That was named Rancor. And according to the dictionary, it holds you down with its horns and it holds you down till it can kill you and destroy you. Of course, Luke Skywalker, he killed it. The cage fell on it. But how many know Rancor means bitterness, resentfulness, grudge, hate, hostile venom. Bitterness means an experience of unjust treatment. It means to be over-argumentative or to be bitter. It means we want to finish to the end no matter what. It means to bite. And the word hatred, hatred means to detest. It means to be hostile, ill will, ill feeling, to disgust, to feel nausea, but always associated with feelings of anger. And the Holy Spirit is saying, try to fight these things. We were with, with Bill Suddeth last night, and uh, they work in the area of counseling and ministry. And he told me that there are 1,600 ministers quitting the ministry a month. 1,600. His wife has over 20 counseling sessions a week, and they have, a, they have six staff who does counseling, and they're booked constantly. And most of it is trying to heal the marriage and heal the home because of bitterness and anger and resentment. Hebrews 12, 14 and 15 says, Try to stay out of all quarrels and seek to live a clean and a holy life. A holy life. For one who is not holy will not see the Lord. Look after each other so that not one of you will fail to find God's best blessings. You know, we know the commandments say, You will not commit adultery. You shall not lie. You shall not use the Lord's name in vain. But it also starts off with, You shall love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. It starts off with love. And so what keeps us not only from a holy and a pure life is when we're not able to forgive and we live in a spirit of anger and, and rage and resentment and we don't want to let it go. And God, I want to tell you today, God wants to help peel you down layer by layer and heal you of even the deepest hurts and wounds you may have. Even when what was done to you was not fair and you were just a small victim and a child. But you cannot stay paralyzed and not grow at that point when those type of things happened. It says you be defiled. That word defiled means soiled, filthy, polluted. Listen to this. The word defiled means to desecrate the temple of the Holy Spirit. We think we wouldn't dare come and desecrate a church. We wouldn't come and, and, and put things on its walls and, and, and throw things on the carpet and, and the altar. We would not dare to desecrate because this is the house of God. But these bodies that we were given and purchased by Jesus Christ, it says that if we hold unforgiveness, bitterness, and resentment, we are desecrating the temple, the dwelling place of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's how deep this word goes there. It's strong, isn't it? Defilement in our hearts. Roots nourished, they water, they feed, they're protected, and they increase in depth. There's something I want to share with you because when Jesus would use the example of roots in the Bible, he knew what he was talking about because he created the root system. Our bodies are made of 60 to 80% of water. How many of you know that? A plant is made of 60 to 80% of water. 
It says that the topic of roots is an important one for roots are the means by which the land plants acquire their water. Roots grow through soil and they soak up whatever they can. You hear this? This is just a scientific study here on roots. Listen, roots soak up whatever they can and they transport it to the other parts of the plant's life. Take that in the spiritual realm. Our roots tap into whatever we allow it to tap into and become channels for that to flow through our lives. And if you don't think we have a big job about roots, listen to this, this scientific study right here. On a single plant of rye glass, grass, I'm sorry, there are 80 shoots that have over 380 miles of roots. One plant. 380 miles of roots when you add it all together. And with these roots are included, what you can't see with your natural eye, 14 billion root hairs. On a single clump of, of, of grass, a handful of grass, 14 billion root hairs. And all these hairs are seeking what they can transport to the heart. A single clump of grass would cover a 4,000 square foot surface, which is the size of two or three good-sized houses. And they're absorbing water for that single clump of grass. And the roots, listen to this now, the roots become a pipeline to bring whatever it taps into to the heart and to give it life. Jesus knew what he was talking about. He was saying, be careful about the roots. When he cursed the fig tree, he cursed it at its supply source. We have to curse what is trying to curse us. What am I tapped into? A few years ago, our, our septic tank was stopped up and the water was coming out. We, have, we live out in the country, so we have one of those systems, and it goes out into the ditch. And what happened was the man who built the house put the uh, pipes that have hose already so that the water would come out while it's going towards the ditch. Well, our pine trees had roots that knew how to find them little holes. And those roots went into the holes of that pipe, and they went that way, and they went that way, and therefore the septic tank went that way. But, you know, I was pretty smart. I put a water pump. I hooked it to some water fountain, to some sprinkler systems, and I had it going all over the yard. And I figured out why we quit having visitors. Because on a hot day like today, it was pretty rough walking up to our front door, but we had green grass. We had green grass. Our plants were happy, but you couldn't, you had to put a clothespin to come knock on our door. But those roots tapped into something. Those roots found Ryan's. They said, it's a buffet. Well, I guess that wasn't the right thing to say. But anyway, those roots found something that they were happy about. And they were taking everything they can. But how many of you know, many times we find something in talking about somebody and it makes me feel a little good. And finally, I get over talking, I, I get over feeling conscious about talking about that person because I'm feeling good about it. And I've tapped into somebody that gives me some satisfaction. I've tapped into something that gives me some satisfaction. And it may be a sewage plant. It may be something that's going to kill me in the long run. It may be poison, but it's satisfying the need right now. And the more I get addicted to that, the more deeper the roots go. Is that something? I want you to see a few scriptures here in Proverbs 4.23. 
It says, guard your heart above all else. For it determines the course of the roots. The roots that give life. The roots and the veins. I was with a brother this week. Thank God he's doing good. But we had a precious brother in the church who had open heart surgery. He had five. He, they had to remove the vein from his leg and they had to do five new veins. I started thinking, you know, the veins on his heart represents the roots of our heart. And when they get clogged, it can be a stroke, it can be a heart attack, it could be a major death. And so they said, these veins to his heart are so important, we're going to have to take the old veins out that are clogged and put new veins in from the vein of his leg. That's, it says, out of the heart determines the course of our life. We read it determines the blessings over our life. It says, search me, O God, in Psalms 139, 23, search me, O God, and know my heart, know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Where are my roots going? Where have they been going? We shared last week about how Cain felt rejected. Cain, God says, you're not rejected. It's your offering that's rejected, but you're, what, what, listen, but you're taking it personally. You're taking the rejection personally. You're putting a root that your offering was rejected. You're saying, you rejected my offering? And everybody loves Abel. So, you know, a Abel's just everybody's favorite. Even you, God, you love Abel more than you love me. And God was saying, are you listening to what you're saying? Take heed to your heart. Be careful what you're about to do. Your root has tapped into envy and jealousy. You're always going around, Cain, going, Marsha, 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 Marsha. You're going around with this envy and this anger, and your roots are tapping into things that's going to end up destroying you. Cain, pay attention. Your roots are tapped into murder. You can stop it. I'm not rejecting you. If God was rejecting, listen to this, if God was rejecting Cain, he would have never went to talk to Cain to tell Cain, Fix it before you break it. You're here today not because God is mad at you. It's because God wants to help fix us. God wants to help heal us. You're not rejected. You're accepted. Just don't take what you see personal, what you hear personal. Accept the word of grace to build and to heal you in Jesus' name. Amen. How many times we feel, you know, why, you ask yourself this question, why am I angry? How can I tell about my roots? Why did I say that? I, we've all said that, haven't we? Why did I say that? Or how about this? Why did I say it like that? Why did I say it like that? I didn't have to say it like that. Oh, there's a root somewhere that I need to deal with before I end up saying more things like that and hurting myself more. It says that roots absorb, they grow and they store. Opportunity to get angry and offender, offended and bitter will always come. It has to be conquered. Listen, opportunity is always going to come. Look what Jesus said. In Matthew 24, verse 10, it says, And then many will be offended and will betray. Many. Look at that word. Many will be offended and will betray one another. And what? Hate one another. That doesn't happen over time. It happens with the offense. The offense comes, then the betrayal comes, and then the hate comes. And then many false prophets will arise and deceive many, and because of lawlessness will abound. The love of many will grow cold, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. Now, I'm going to give you a key in that word endure that is going to able to help you and I de defeat some of these roots. But it says the love of many will grow cold, and that word love there is the word agape. The love of God will grow cold. The love that is long-suffering, patient, and kind will grow cold, and the natural feelings will take over that word offense means resentment 
an injustice. It means an attack. It means aggressiveness. It means to create resentment and anger and to be insulted with a feeling. Luke 17, 1, Jesus said. And Jesus said to his disciples, temptations, snares, traps set to entice to sin are sure to come. The traps are sure to come, but woe to him through who they come. Now, this is interesting. If you're taking notes, you need to write this down. The word offense is the Greek word, the bait for a trap. Offense is not a trap. Offense is the bait hung over the trap to get you to jump and to fall into the trap. The bait is to lure you into anger, to murder, and injustice. Be careful of the offenses. They're a bait. They're a bait. They're the bait to lure you to the trap. Listen to this. They are the fruit from the tree that's prohibited to eat. We live every day saying, why did Adam take of that fruit? If he would have took of that fruit, if Eve would have took of that fruit, we wouldn't be in the condition we're in. Well, we wouldn't be in the condition we're in if we wouldn't go for the trap. Of being offended and taking that offense. The word offense means the bait for the trap. It causes us to look, to listen, to jump, and to die. Acts 24 verse 16 says, Therefore I always exercise, discipline myself, mortify my body, deadening my carnal affections, bodily appetites, and worldly desires, in the Endeavoring in all respects to have a clear, unshaken, blameless conscience. Look at that. Void of offense. I haven't taken any of the bait toward God and toward who? Men. Toward God and toward men. We don't like to exercise, but the Word of God tells us we need to exercise here. It says in Ephesians 4.26, When angry, do not sin. When angry, do not sin. Do not ever let your wrath, your expiration, your fury, your indignation last until the sun goes down. And Proverbs 16.32 says, He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. How many of you have ever read about these great generals that's lived? All these great General MacArthur and, and, and all these great generals that conquered. Do you know the Bible says that if you can not jump at the offense and if you can control your emotions and you can control your anger and you can control your hate you're better than the generals who took kingdoms you're stronger than the great the generals you admire the angels of heaven admire you for keeping your spirit strong and saying I'm not falling into that trap of offense in other words you're a superman amen now, how am I going to do this? How do, am I going to exercise? I, I know we're running out of time right quick, so I want to share something with you. If you, want to do, if you want to do this with me, let's do this every day this week. You've got to exercise. How do we exercise? We read this every day, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 4 through 8. I know you know the scripture, but if we're going to overcome offenses and if we're going to overcome anger, this is what we have to read every day. Look, he said... In the end times, many will be offended, and they will not endure. How are we going to endure? Love endures long. The only way we're going to endure is through love, it says here. Love endures long, and is patient and kind. Love is never envious, nor, nor boils over with jealousy. 
is not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily, is not conceited, arrogant, inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly. It does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love is in us, does not insist on its own right or its own way. It's not self-seeking. Listen to this now. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful by faith. It takes no account of the evil done to it. Look at this translation, what it says. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. You say, I don't have love that way. I'm not saying you and I do. This is a call and an exercise to grow into this agape love of God. I'm not saying it's not easy not to be offended and not to be hurt. It's not easy to jump at the bait of resentful. But listen, if we're going to conquer this, we're going to have to conquer it through the word of God. It's not just praying. That's the biggest part. we got to get in the Word. And I want to encourage you, read this every day. Love endures long. Let it sink in. I'm telling you, after three days, to be like a fast. It won't be as hard. And listen, the layers will start falling off, and you'll start feeling compassion. Love endures long. It's patient and in kind. Love is never envious, nor boils over with jealousy. You read this over and over. It's not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account. It doesn't keep a list. It doesn't keep a list. It doesn't keep a list. Of the evil done to it. And it pays no attention to the suffered wrong. Look what it goes on to say. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness. But rejoices when right and truth will prevail. Root check. Right here. Root check. Right here. How many of you ever been hurt or offended by somebody. And then you find out they really start going through a hard time. Remember I told you last week about racing the minivan. Well, the minivan's winning, and he's the minivan's winning. All of a sudden, you get down the road, and the minivan has passed you up, and he's won the race. But then you see a policeman and pulled him over, and he's writing him a ticket. And you go, hallelujah, praise the Lord. <laughs> you deserve that. Or somebody who's really hurt you, and you heard, did you hear about so-and-so what? They're going through a divorce. Well, it was just a matter of time. You hear about somebody say, you know, so-and-so, yeah, what about him? Bless him. His ministry failed. Pah, he had it coming. Did you hear about that, brother? What about him? He lost his job. They don't know where they're going to live. Well, you know what it says. What you sow, you reap. We get even spiritual about our digs. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. It doesn't go, I knew you had it coming. You were asking for it. I knew vengeance was the Lord's, and I knew he was going to get you. That shows you the root is connected to the poison that will end up being the fruit that will kick you out of the blessing. There's the bait. The bait. The bait. Verse 7. Love bears up. By grace and faith of God, under anything and everything that comes. Be careful, we're coming to the end times. Jesus said, the love of many is going to grow cold. Well, what do I do? We read this every day. Love bears up anything and everything that comes. It is ever ready to believe the best of every person. You know, I won't be so offended and resentful if I'm not always so critical. Root check number two. 
How do I know I got a bad root and a bad tank? Well, how critical are you? Well, you know what? All them men are just the same. And your little daughters grow up hearing the same thing. They're just hairy, stinky, selfish beast. And then your daughter gets 18 and 19 and starts playing a song, I kissed a girl and I liked it. And you start going, Pastor, my, my, my daughter, I think, is a lesbian. But why does she hear all of her life that men are hairy, stinky, selfish beasts? And so your daughter got into that root that you fed, and now the fruit is lesbianism. Pastor, I think my son may be gay. But what did you say about when his mother left you? That all them women are cheap? They're trash? Trash, that's all them women are. Son, don't you ever trust a woman. Son, I'm telling you right now, don't you ever get a heart to a woman. You use them and you put them up. That's all you do. Now your son's got a disease because dad told him. You just use them and you throw them away. Why? Because daddy was critical. Mama was critical. Am I preaching this morning? It's the truth. You can't trust any of them Democrats. They're all going to hell. You can't trust any of them Republicans. They're all going to hell. You can't trust any of them preachers. I tell you, the last four preachers I had, all they wanted was money, and all they did was run around with this one and that one, and all they did was this and that. Oh, you can't trust any of them preachers. Hmm. Where's your root? I hear your fruit. I don't have to see what's under the ground. I hear what's coming out of the mouth. Church people, self-righteous. All them church people, they're all the same. You tell them a secret and they'll go blab it and put it in the bulletin. Tell everybody else, tell Miss Blabbermouth and she'll just spread it all out. And before you know it, I'm ashamed. I got to move out of town all because I told that sister something to pray about. All them church people are the same. Hey, Last month, made 29 years, I'm in the ministry. 29 years, I've been in the ministry, licensed into the ministry of Jesus Christ, 29 years. And I can tell you, and I was a pastor's son all of my life, I can tell you, not all church people are the same. I can tell you before God, not all pastors are the same. I can tell you there's a lot of same people everywhere you go, but I can tell you, There's a lot of great people I have met in my life in the church of Jesus Christ. 29 years in the ministry. But 41 years of a Christian. 41 years I've been a Christian. But I can tell you there are some precious, genuine, true children of the Lord Most High in the body. And in this church, we we are full of awesome, 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 wonderful, loving people. I'm telling you, awesome people. And so when you hear somebody putting people in a group, there's a root. 
You can't trust the Republicans. You can't trust women. You can't trust them preacher's kids. You can't, because <laughs> I was one. You can't trust, uh, <laughs> you can't trust, the, you can't, tr- yeah, yeah, you know what? I hear your root, you're in that septic tank. You can't trust nobody but yourself. And you know what? You'd be the last person I trust. Listen, because the root reveals the fruit. Wow. I want this tape. Amen. Well, they did this to me, and we played over and over in our mind. Now, I want to show you something spiritual. Let me, let, let me share something with you people. And I see it's time for me to end up closing down here. <laughs> Mark 11, 22, 26, look what it says. Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. Boy, that, I know there's a lot of people saying, boy, I wish you'd be preaching on faith. Man, you ought to be preaching on faith. Have faith in God. I love Mark 11, 22, 23. I tell you the truth, that if you say to this mountain, you be lifted up, thrown into the sea, it, shall, it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, when you pray anything, you believe that you receive, and it is all yours. Glory be to God. I'm a man of faith. And I say, mountain, be thou removed. And the mountain says, I see your roots. The mountain says, I see your roots. What's my roots? But when you are praying first, before you talk to that mountain, you've been addressing the mountain? No, you're the mountain, baby. When you are praying first, forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against. Here in the same scripture, beloved. Forgive anyone, first forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. I'll preach right now a message of faith. Get rid of your fruit of unforgiveness and the, the root of the mountain will break. We've been preaching 11, 22, 23 for years and the church has gone on a downhill spiral when we ought to be majoring what he says first, 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 forgive. Jesus says it again. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Do not judge others and you will not be judged. Root. Do not condemn others. Root. Or it will come back against you. Forgive others and you will be Forgiven. Wow. Is that something? Forgive others. Let me stop here because, uh, and, and then uh, we're going to go into some other fun things next week. Funner, okay? But let me just say this one thing. Don't judge others and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others and you will not be condemned. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. Have you ever wished there was a handbook for dummies on how to talk smack? Has somebody ever told you something and you didn't have a, you, didn't, you don't know how to have a comeback? And you get home and the next day you think, man, if I would have thought about this, I would have had a comeback and everybody would have gone, hallelujah, brother, preach it. But you see, your roots aren't in smack. So when you want to talk smack, you go, And I know people who get mad. My wife and I say, baby, why didn't I say this? 
She goes, I don't know, that would have been good, but it's too late now. Can we go back? Can I go tell him? Come on, baby, get in the car. Let's go back, baby. That was a month ago. Yeah, but I just thought of something. <laughs> don't you ever wish you were fast and speaking back? Well, yeah, that's your mama. Don't you wish there was a handbook for dummies how to speak smack? And the Lord is saying, oh, no, 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 no. There's a handbook of love on how to get the blessings back. Don't get your roots in smack. Get your blessings back. And make a major comeback. Oh, good, it's getting light. Nobody going to kill me at the back door today. Thank God. I'll make it home for supper, baby. Hallelujah. Church, I just want to be real. Preaching from my heart, preaching to yours. So we don't hurt ourselves. Don't contaminate, defile this temple of the Holy Spirit. You wouldn't go home and drink Drano. But we'll go home fighting in the car, which is worse. Would you join with me in reading Corinthians? Love, 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 love. I know some of you have gone. Do you know one out of, I believe, six girls are abused sexually as a child? So much injustice in this world and so much that in our natural minds, it's not right to forgive. I've, I've been judged. I'm a major protector of children. I've made rules for people who've come in here. I've loved and accepted people with AIDS, and we've loved them, but I've made rules because I'm going to protect the innocents. And if you come in here, you're going to have rules. You will not hug the little boys. You will not go to the bathroom without a guard, et cetera, et cetera, because I'm going to protect the sheep. I love you. I hate the sin, but I love you. Child molesters. We've threatened them spiritually, and we bring them in the office, and we gang up, and we threaten them naturally, too. We've ran some off. Not that we told them to go. Had one throw his Bible not long ago. So you're going to leave the little girls alone. You're going to get off Facebook with them. You're going to stop commenting on their, on their pictures. Because you're an evil man. you got evil in your heart. I can tell by your roots, by what you comment and what pictures you look at with those little girls. You get off of there. You get around people your own age. And there were some other little girls involved. And a broken nose came and other few things came in the comment. But then come back, he said, I've almost killed and I can kill again. Well, you ain't threatening me. There's a righteous anger. And that righteous anger is being angry at what makes God's heart angry. And God hates the innocent to be abused and to hurt. I hate what they're trying to do to this country. I hate killing the unborn children and innocent blood being spread. I hate injustice. I hate the way the elderly are being hit at the ATM machines and being stolen from. Hit constantly with a fist to steal their money at the ATM machines. 93 years old. I hate the injustice because God hates sin and injustice. 
but I don't hate people against me. I have to watch my heart. If I hear something on TV that burns me the wrong way, I don't need to watch it. Put, turn it off and put on worship. Get my roots into worship. Get my roots in, into the well that never runs dry. Get my roots into peace, into love, and into the glory of God. In my car, if I'm getting upset driving, I need to put on worship. Road rage, shopping cart rage. Huh? Shonda, that, that shopping cart rage, boy. Yeah. Always make sure the wheels are oiled. I bring my own WD 40 can. Make sure they're oiled. Yeah. Number four is empty. All these things. Love endures long. So would you just close your eyes and bow your heads? And as we've gone into a a solemn meeting today because it touches our lives, our hearts makes us think makes us consider where our roots may be Holy Spirit we ask you to take us apart layer by layer thank you that you're patient you're kind, thank you that you're merciful that you just don't jump on us like those angry birds did on that mosquito thank you that you're patient, you're kind and you deal with us in a process and we are progressively changed from glory to glory Father there are people here that are hurting if that's you just want you to raise your hand and put it back down if that's you today if you're here today God bless you and you say that's me I'm hurting yes I see those hands anyone else pray for me I see those hands I'm hurting I see those hands God bless you God bless you anyone else God bless you God bless you Lord you see those hands just put them up and put them back down you see those hands you know those who are here today you know everything about them Father I lift up that each each is every one of them I lift up especially to you you bring them through the process and Lord help them through this time of digging up the roots where they don't belong and be in the transplanting of the Lord into the soil where they can grow and they can flourish Lord I pray against the poison the deadly poison that in times of our life we have connected to. Lord, we, we judge the fruit of how we think and how we feel. Lord, forgive us for being so critical at times that we just automatically tear people apart by the bone and just judge them as this is how they are. Forgive us for having a critical spirit. Forgive us for having a judgmental spirit. Forgive us for those roots. We confess it as sin. We ask you to transform us into the image of your love. There's many things that will pass away, but love will never pass away. And love will cause us to endure. Baptize us in a fresh new anointing here in Word of Grace and all the churches and surrounding areas. Baptize us in a baptism and a revival of love. Lord, if we can love, we can forgive, we'll have revival in this land. We praise you and thank you for it in Jesus' name. The last thing is your heads are still bowed. Is there anybody here at all? You do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You haven't accepted him. Maybe you have and you're running from him and you know it's time to surrender. 
If you're here today, whether you've accepted him before or not, and you're ready to surrender, would you raise your hand right there where you are? Say, I want to surrender to Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. God bless you, sis. I see that hand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see that hand. Anyone else? God bless you. I see that hand. Anyone else today? I want to surrender. I want to surrender to Jesus. Anyone else? Anyone else? Just raise your hand right there where you are. I want to surrender to Jesus. I want to surrender to his love, his mercy, his grace. Anyone at all? Get ready for a fresh start. If you raised your hand, would you come and would you stand and have someone that we have people here waiting for you, ready to stand with you? Yes, God bless you, sister. God bless you. There was others that raised a hand. Would you come and let me pray with you? Would you come? Those who raise a hand, would you come and let me pray with you? Come. 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 Could I have a sister stand with me, please? Anyone else today? It's your day of salvation. You want to come? Come, come, come. There were others. There were others. You raised your head. Come. Come and stand right here. I want a man to stand behind these hands. God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else today? Anyone else? Anyone else? I know there were other hands, and I know some it may be impossible for you to come up here because of circumstances. I see that. But what I'm going to do with these, I want you to do there at your seat. I just want you to put your hand upon your heart because the Word of God says if we believe with our heart and confess with our mouth, we shall be saved. So right there where you are, just put your hand, if you're able to, upon your heart. Pray this prayer with me. Pray this prayer out loud. Say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you. I ask for mercy. And you forgive me of all my sins and the wrongs that I have done. Jesus, by the power of your Holy Spirit, take charge of my life. Change my heart and make me new. Cleanse me with your precious blood. And I confess that Jesus Christ is my Lord and my personal Savior. In Jesus' name, I am saved. I am saved. Oh, hallelujah. Give the Lord praise. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, sir. God bless you. It's done. You're a new man. God bless you. He records every tear. You know that? He records every tear. God bless you. Just, just Lord, just continue to heal. Continue to bless. You know. You know the hurt and the pain. Lord, touch it. Bless my brother. Welcome to the family. God bless you, son. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Here, let's get your name and number. God bless you, my sister. Welcome to the family. So good to have you. Say this with me as we close. In the name of Jesus, I forgive myself. Just right now, just, just let it go. All the anger and frustration about yourself. Right now, so many people, the person you're most angry at is yourself. The person you blame the most is yourself. The person you're most critical about, oh Jesus, you're critical about yourself. Remove that root. Stop being critical about what God loves. Ask Him to change you, yes. 
but do not hate the work of his hands. Just receive a change. In Jesus' name, would you stand, please, and just praise him for that deliverance whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Just allow the Holy Spirit to do its work in you. We allow you, Lord, to work in us. Tonight, I've got another special message I want to share with you. We'll be here at 6 o'clock from 6 to 7. We have breakout for children. We have things for all ages at Sunday night also and Wednesday night. We just encourage you to come back. We're so honored to have you here with us today. And we bless, we bless each and every one of you in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Would you dismiss us? Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you so much, Lord, for this wonderful service today, Lord God. That Father, every life that is and every heart that has come into this building today, Lord, has been touched and has had an encounter with you today, Lord. I pray, God, that Father, this word would sink into our roots, Father. That Lord God, we just we we uproot ourselves out of the things of, of the world, Lord God, and we just begin to root ourselves into your word, into your love, Lord, into being around uh, other believers, Lord God, and just getting into your into your spirit, into your presence for our lives, Lord. I pray that this week, Lord God, we're going to all walk in this freedom, Lord, that we have experienced today, God, that it's a new day for us. It's a new start for each and every one of us. So be with every family. Be with them today, Lord, as they go about and spend time with their families, Lord, to bring them back safely tonight. In your holy name we pray. Amen.